I don't know if that resonates with you at all, but many of us make New Year's resolutions at the beginning of January every year, and by right now, we've broken about 80% of those resolutions, or we've kind of found our way around them. You know, I'm not going to eat chocolate at all in 2021. I won't buy it for myself. I'll only eat it if people give it to me, send me chocolate. But none of us start off intending to fail when we make these resolutions or when we make our vision boards. And one of the reasons why we tend to give up on our resolutions is that we make too many. Maybe your vision board for this year, it's a little bit overcrowded. Well, I want to help you today. I want to help each one of us so that whatever is going on in the world around us, we can each be really successful in 2021. Let's just pray together as I start this message. I'm going to put my hand on my heart. If you're sitting there listening to this, you can do the same. Lord, we ask you to touch our lives today. We open our hearts to your word. We open our hearts to this message, and we pray it would be a message that would really change things this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to read a passage from the book of James. James chapter 3, verses 2 to 5, and this is what it says. We all stumble along the way. We all make many mistakes. If anyone does not stumble in what he says never saying the wrong thing, he is a perfect man or woman. The one who can control his tongue can also control the rest of his body. It's like when we place a metal bit into a horse's mouth to ride it, we can control its entire body with the slightest movement of our hands. Have you ever seen a massive ship sailing effortlessly across the water? Despite its immense size and the fact that it's propelled by mighty winds, a small rudder directs the ship in any direction that the pilot chooses. It's just the same with our tongues. It's a small muscle capable of marvelous undertakings. Or, as the message says, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Now, back in the Second World War, one of the challenges for the United Kingdom was maintaining the vital transatlantic shipping routes. You realize we're an island, Europe was occupied under enemy forces, and so everything that we needed uh, for the war effort and food that we couldn't grow ourselves, had to come in ships across the Atlantic from the North Americas. And so protecting this shipping route was really, really important. And uh, what happened was that convoys of merchant ships were organized to cross the Atlantic, protected by some of the Royal Navy's battleships. But it was still a very risky, vulnerable thing. After the First World War, Various treaties uh, decree, decreed and laid down the size of ships you were allowed to build in your navy and the size of guns you were allowed to put on them. But actually, under the Third Reich regime in Germany, the Nazi party began to build 
bigger ships than they were allowed by this treaty. And so it was that they built two great battleships, the Bismarck and the Tirpitz. And both of these had guns twice the size of anything on any of our ships that could shell much further distances and bigger explosives. And they were, they were really super ships. And um, it became really important for us to stop the actions of these two battleships, the Bismarck and the Tirpitz. So early in 1940, the, uh, Bismarck was trying to break out of the waters around Scandinavia and get into the Atlantic to cause devastation am amongst the merchant shipping lines. And so they were being pursued by the Royal Navy. And a, a skirmish happened in which a ship called HMS Hood was sunk. And the Bismarck took a little bit of damage, not enough to really stop it, but it received orders to go to France, the west coast of France, the port of Brest, to be repaired. And the, uh, some, uh, the radio operators in Sweden, who were sort of in the uh, underground, alerted us that that's where this ship was going. And Winston Churchill said, pour every resource into tracking down the Bismarck. We've got to stop this battleship. And eventually, the Royal Navy did track down the Bismarck before it reached the port of Brest. Now, it was tricky because the Bismarck could re the reach of its cannons was way greater than anything that we had, and so they couldn't get really near enough. So they launched some swordfish torpedo planes, little biplanes that flew and dropped torpedoes to try to damage the Bismarck. And um, that's what they did. Well, actually, these torpedoes didn't really make an impact on the Bismarck at all, but one torpedo glanced the rudder of the Bismarck and exploded. And at the time, the Bismarck was making a 12-degree turn to the left, and this torpedo jammed its rudder. It incapacitated the Bismarck. It couldn't do anything except go around in this 12-degree circle. And so a battle ensued, and eventually the captain of the Bismarck made the decision to scuttle the ship, to sink the ship deliberately so that the British Navy could not take the ship and also to prevent further loss of life in what was a very uh, serious battle. And so the Bismarck sank and we were able to um, continue on with the war. Just that little rudder made all the difference. Without the rudder working, that great ship couldn't uh, do anything. Interestingly, in 1989, a guy called Robert Ballard discovered the wreck of the Bismarck. Now, you might remember his name. He's the guy that discovered the wreck of the Titanic. So he discovered the wreck of the Bismarck and carried out some underwater surveys. And what they found was this. All of the torpedoes and shelling and everything that the uh, British Navy had tried had just dented the massive armor plating on the Bismarck. We'd not actually hold it at all. There was not a single underwater hole in the Bismarck. It was largely intact. The only thing that had scuppered it was the jamming of the rudder. Without a rudder, it was helpless. Now, a rudder is about 2% of the underwater volume of a ship. It's a small component, but if it doesn't work properly, you are in big trouble. The Apostle James shares this tremendous insight. Our tongues, he said, 
are the rudder of our lives. Your tongue is your steering mechanism. You can say that now if you like, wherever you are. My tongue is my steering mechanism. What we say determines the direction of our lives. Did you know that the average human tongue is about three inches long? That's not far off 2% of the average height of a person. Your tongue is as unique to you as your fingerprints. It's as different from the next person as your fingerprints would be. It's made up of eight different muscles, the only muscles in your body not to be attached to your skeleton in any way. And your tongue is super flexible. It never gets tired like other muscles in your body do. Your tongue never gets tired. And we speak the average of a 54-page book every single day if it were being written down. And just, you know, a little snippet for your information. Ladies, we have shorter vocal cords than the guys, and apparently that makes it less effort for us to speak. That's a scientific fact. It's easier for us to talk than it is for the guys. Now, a rudder is vitally necessary for two things. Number one, it steers a ship in a certain direction. And number two, it maintains the ship in the direction that has been set. It's not about just making occasional course corrections and the rudder sort of kicking in at those points. You need the rudder to keep the ship going in a straight line as well as to make turns. And that was what sunk the Bismarck when its rudder was jammed. Our tongue determines the direction of our lives and the continuing focus of that direction. My tongue steers my life. Proverbs 18 verse 20 says this, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Uh, the Passion Translation says it like this, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Jesus says in Matthew 12 verse 36, I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. Now, we might think that uh, Jesus wouldn't like us to speak unkind words, or he might not like us to speak profane words or swear words, but he actually says idle words, careless words, useless words, trivial words, words you speak without really thinking. It's not just about hurtful words. The Greek word there means words that are not working, words that are inactive, not really doing anything, uh, useless, unprofitable. We see in Genesis chapter 1, God speaks a word into the chaos of creation, the, the, the chaos, the waters, the earth, and he, and he brings order out of that chaos. We're made in God's image, and that's why our words are so powerful. God's words were able to bring order into creation, and our words are powerful as well. And when we really understand this, it's amazing. Our words can make things happen. Let's go back to thinking about our individual vision for this year, the sort of resolutions we might be making, the vision board you might be completing. What if you could find one word to really steer your life this year? One word that would be a rudder for you 
in 2021. Not a sentence, not two words, just one word. That word would help you to set a course through 2021 that would get you to wherever you wanted to get to. That word would help us to compile our vision boards. That word would help us to make decisions, not just big decisions, but small everyday decisions. That word could govern how we spend our time, how we spend our money, how we invest our lives this year. That word could be a plumb line for us that will enable us to be successful in all that God puts in our hearts. Are you interested? Many people have discovered the power of just one word to change their lives each year. You know, you can read books, podcasts, blogs, etc. But I'm going to make this really simple for you this morning. We're going to be following up on this message in our city groups this week to give you an opportunity to explore this further. So if you're not part of one of our city groups, you are really welcome to email us at the church office on hello at iharvest.org.uk and we will help you get connected in that way. How do you discover your word? Well, I'm going to give you some starting points here today. And it's going to be really easy for you if you've been joining with us online and on Zoom over the last season, because actually it's the same process as we were using to pray in the autumn. You're going to look in, look up, and look out. So, I'd like to encourage you to make some time for this process. Make some time to find what that word could be for your life this year. Do it prayerfully. The first thing is look in. Ask yourself, what do I need more of in my life this year? What do I need more of? What do I need more of in my life this year? What's in the way of that? What will have to go for that to be true? Ask yourself, what one word will have the greatest impact positively on my life this year? And begin to write some words down. Whatever comes to your mind, begin to write those words down. It might be compassion. It might be thankfulness. It might be bold. It could be faith. It could be hope. It could be courage. It could be all manner of things. Just begin to write down those one words that come to your mind as you consider prayerfully what this word could be for you this year. So that's the looking in bit. Then look up. Ask God to help you to narrow in on a few of those words that you've written down and then to show you that one word that he has for your life this year. And finally, look out. Think about how will this word in my life impact others? How will it help me to keep on mission for God this year? How will I live this word out in practice this year? It should really affect all areas of our lives, whether that's your, uh, your mental health, your physical life, your spiritual life, your relational connections, your emotional life, and your finances. It should affect all those areas. How are you going to keep this word central in your thoughts and actions this year? What visual reminders can you use to help you keep this word in your thoughts? 
Use the word as you make your vision board this year. Share it with others who will be able to help you stay accountable. Having one word moves you from having a to-do list for the year to having a to-be list for the year. It's not about all the things we're going to be doing. It's about how we want to be and how that will impact those other things. So let me finish by just saying this. What do you want to become this year? What's going to steer your life in 2021? What one word could be that rudder for your life that gives you focus, purpose, passion, and will be steering you this year? Look in, look up, look out, and let's see what God will do through each one of us this year. Let's just pray together now. Father, I thank you that words are powerful. I thank you your word is powerful. It changes our lives. And I believe this year you can speak a word to each one of us that will be like this rudder that James talks about, this rudder, this word on our tongues that will steer us in 2021. We believe that word will have power to change us, to transform us, and to help us in all the decisions, even the small ones, day-by-day things that we do this year. We pray that you will release your word to us, each one of us, for 2021. In Jesus' name, amen.